Hello, Digital Cathedral family. Brace yourselves for an awe-inspiring journey on Don Keithley's podcast. Take a seat, find your comfort, and let's plunge into the heart of the divine. Here's the first message of the year titled, Growing from God's Acts to God's Ways, Part 2. Good morning, Digital Cathedral family. Glad to have you with me on this first Sunday of 2024. Hard to believe 2023 is behind us. 2024 is in front of us. I'm looking with great expectation and anticipation to everything God's going to do in 2024. I think it's going to be a great year. I think it's going to be a good year. It's going to be a year of revelation. It's going to be a year of advancement. And I'm really excited to see what takes place here at the Digital Cathedral, not just at the Digital Cathedral, what happens all over the world, because we're part of something that's bigger. We're part of something that's going on that is, I mean, it's stupendous. It almost blows my mind sometimes when I see how much freedom the people of God are getting that were before in bondage and held down and in shackles. This grace thing, it's its bigger than any of us, and it's a collective, it's a collective happening that we just are thankful for. I want to start this morning with Psalm 103 and verse 7. I started there last Sunday morning. I want to pick up with what I was doing last Sunday morning and kind of bring it to a completion. Psalm 103 verse 7, Keithley paraphrase, says that God revealed his ways to Moses and his acts to the children of God. I want to, I want to explore a little bit further if I can with you this morning. Uh, about the ways of God, the acts of God, and what God's going to do in 2024. So on this first Sunday of 2024, I just want to finish up what I started last week, kind of put an exclamation point on it, maybe um, dive a little bit deeper into some issues that I think uh, pinpoints exactly where we are now and where we're going to be going in this new year. I think the Father's moving us. There's a, there is a transition. Those of us that have grasped this message of grace, finished work of the cross, mercy that endures forever, unconditional love, a Father that is the Father of all. Um, I mean, we've got a hold of that. We've got a hold of some good foundations. And I think he's ready to move us forward to the next step, which is learning to live from his ways instead of his acts. We're, we're being weaned off of, a, off of a dependence on the acts of God, and he's beginning to say, hey, here's my ways. And when I'm talking about the ways of God, I'm talking about the way that God operates. I'm talking about his character, his direction. Uh, when we talk about the ways of God, we're talking about the motive of his heart. Really what we're talking about is how God does things. And what the Father is doing today is, is, is imparting to us, like he did to Jesus, his ways. Jesus did not depend on the acts of God. Jesus learned the ways of God. He grew in wisdom, stature, and favor with God and man. And that first 30 years, the Father continually revealed to him his ways. So I, I, I'm excited, and I think that's where we're going this year. Now let me just put a caveat on that. Does that mean that we ignore the acts of God? And when we talk about acts of God, we're talking about the miraculous. We're talking about the suddenlies, uh, where God just does something because it needs to be done because he's God and he loves us. Are we saying that as we move into the ways of God, the acts of God are going by the wayside? Absolutely not. 
I treasure thee, those sovereign acts of God, those miracles. I've had things in my life that have happened that I'm telling you, if God, if God didn't take care of it, if he didn't uh, uh, single-handedly uh, remove conflict and difficulties and aches and pains in the whole nine yards, it just wouldn't have got done. So we're not, we're not discounting the acts of God. We're just saying it's time that we move down the road a little bit and we begin to explore the ways of God and learn how to live out of the ways. And I don't think this is a big uh, uh, secret to anybody that that's exactly what he's doing. We're kind of saying like this. He's moving us from through his love and grace, giving us a fish. That's the miracles. That's the acts. That's the sovereign moves. He's moving us from where he's given us a fish to where now he's teaching us his ways, which are, are explaining to us and revealing to us how to fish for ourselves. And I think that's so important. I've done some emphasizing over the last few months on the fact that we already have everything. Romans chapter 8, verse 32. Let me just quote a couple of verses in case you're new to the digital cathedral. Father's already given us everything that we're, <clears throat> that we're going to need. Romans chapter 8, verse 32. Again, let me just Keithley paraphrase three, four verses. Romans 8, 32 says, How shall the Father not freely with Christ give us all things? So if he's, given you, if he's given to us Christ, which he has, then, hey, we got to be at a place where we say we got everything else freely. I mean, if you, if you give the best gift, which is, which is Christ, which is Jesus, if he gives you the best gift, then every gift that's lesser than that, only stands to reason, comes with the package. Encompassed within Jesus is the entirety of the package of all things. In fact, Peter picks up on it. What is it? Second Peter, First Peter, one three. Second Peter one three says, uh, "How shall he not?" Um, no, that's that's I just quoted that. Second Peter one three says that he has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. And I've told you over the months that that covers the street. When you have everything that pertains to life and godliness, you got it all. Uh, Philippians 4.13, we learned that verse, one of the first verses we ever learned back in uh, our religious days. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. See, that takes in the ways of God right there. I can do all things through Christ as the Father reveals his ways and teaches me his ways. I'm, I'm equipped. I'm, I'm able. I'm, I can handle the doing of everything that needs to absolutely be done. I kind of alluded to this in, in, uh, at the start of my little introduction here, but Jesus never asked for a miracle. You ever notice that? Jesus learned the ways of the Father, and he never asked for a miracle. In fact, let me come over here to John chapter 3. This is, uh, this is a good verse that shows a little bit how Jesus walked the walk. John chapter 3, and let's pick it up. Uh, let's pick it up down, way down to verse 35, almost to the end of the chapter. It says this, The Father loves the Son and has given all things into his hand. The Father loves the Son and has given everything into his hand. So Jesus, Jesus lived a life in the full realization that the Father already gave him everything. And 
uh, again, John 8, uh, Romans 8, 32, how shall he not with him freely give us all things? Everything that has been freely given to Jesus has now been freely given to us. We're learning the ways of God. We're learning the motivation of God, the heart of God, the way he functions. That's, that's what the kingdom of God is all about. The kingdom of God is not about living from miracle to miracle. The kingdom of God is learning how to function in the kingdom from that resource. There is within the kingdom everything we will ever need. So we're learning how to reach into that kingdom, which is invisible within you. And we're learning, if you need to go back and listen to the series I did on uh, the recipe to co-create, I think it's three, four lessons I can't remember offhand. But we're learning to, to reach into that invisible and pull it in, into the visible. So when you, when you live in the kingdom, you actually have, let me illustrate it like this. When you live in the kingdom, you got the combination to the vault down at the bank. If you have the combination to the vault down at the bank, then you don't need to just write a check. You don't need to make some kind of little withdrawal. You got access to the whole thing. So when we live in the kingdom, when we live in the vault, we learn to live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God to you. That's not just Bible, not just uh, reading scripture. The word that God speaks to you, that's the word that we need to pay attention to because that's the word that's going to unveil to us in 2024 how to live in his ways. And as we move into that, the thing that we're going to have to, and I keep emphasizing this, thing we're going to have to abandon is being moved by what we see. We're going to have to begin to see through his eyes, which is seeing what we don't see. The invisible is more powerful than the visible. That's the, the, that, that is the way of God. That's the way of the kingdom. So what we once thought uh, were um, the acts of God as we grow and mature, we're going to find out that actually they become the ways that we can live by. <laughs> Break this down. You're going to look back at things that were miracles. And they're going to become now the ways through which you live by. It's going to become an everyday occurrence. And it just depends who's looking at it. Let me illustrate it for you. Let's go to Luke chapter 4 when Jesus uh, came out of the wilderness. He went into the, into the church house. They had him Sunday, Saturday service. And he, he said a few things. He said this. Now, we're going to, I want to illustrate for you how at one time you thought it was an act of God. Now you're going to find out, as he reveals himself, you're going to find out that, it's a, that it is a way of God that you can function in and not have to depend on, on an act. You're going to mature into that like Jesus did. Here's what Jesus said. He said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, proclaim liberty to the captive, recovery of sight to the blind to set at liberty those that are oppressed, and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. He was going to do all of those things for everybody that needed those things. They were, they were, they were entirely the giving of Jesus. Now, here's the big question. Were, those, were all of those things that he listed there, seven, eight things, healing the brokenhearted, setting the oppressed free, preaching the gospel to the poor, are those acts of God or are those ways of God? Well, it, it just depends. It depends. Those being ministered to, those whose hearts 
are miraculously being healed, they would say that's an act of God. When the gospel comes to the poor and they find out they're not poor no more, that poor person would say that's, a, that's an act of God. But to Jesus, it was a way of God. It was, it was the way that he functioned in. So those being ministered to would see those needs being met, and they would say, man, this is a miraculous act of God. We, we just, this is a suddenly. I mean, all of a sudden, my heart is healed. All of a sudden, I'm set free from the bondage. All of a sudden, the acceptable year, which is a reference to the year of Jubilee, when everything was restored back, they would say that was an act of God. But Jesus saw those as the ways. Now, I want you to catch this. Jesus not only saw those as the ways of God, he saw them as as what he could impart and impute to us. In John chapter 14, verse 12, I, I, th I guess I better read it because I want to get the wording exactly right. John chapter 14, verse 12. Here's the, here's the importance of where we're at right now in the lesson this morning in the teaching is that the ways of God that Jesus functioned in, that those that he ministered to would say they were miracles, when Jesus fed, fed 5,000, the, the 5,000, actually 20,000, but with the wives and the kids, probably somewhere around 20,000 from five loaves and two fish, we, we look at that and we say, that was a miracle. Jesus looked at it and would say, no, that was, a, that was the way of the Father. This is the way that I function. He was pulling out of the invisible into the visible. He was living in the kingdom. He was demonstrating kingdom. So when you, you and I, as we live, as we're learning in 2024 to live out of these ways of God, when people look at us and the things we do, they may think it's a miracle. But you're coming into a place where you're going to see, no, wait a minute, this is just the way I function in the kingdom. So what, the way that Jesus ministered, the way that Jesus walked and talked and lived, he's, he's imparting, he's imputing to us. And he promised us that very thing. John 14, 12. Most assuredly, Jesus said, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I would do will he do also, and greater works than these will he do because I go to my Father. So right there, Jesus is saying, look, the ways that I live are going to be the ways that you live. Then in Matthew chapter 28, just before Jesus ascended, before he left, he, he said this. And again, this is... This is an impartation. This is a giving to us of what he has, what he is, teaching us to live in, his, in the ways of the Father. John chapter, or Matthew chapter 28, verse 18. I want to read verse 18, 19, and 20. Matthew chapter 28, verses 18, 19, and 20. Now look for the impartation in this. Jesus came and spoke a word to the disciples and said, All authority has been given to me in heaven and in earth. Let me stop there. If all authority has been given to Jesus, then there is no authority that any other entity has. I might get into a little bit if I have time in, in the teaching this morning, but there's only one power, and Jesus is it. Jesus had it. Jesus came and spoke and said, All authority has been given to me in heaven and in earth. If he's got it, then there's nobody else there's no other entity that has any. And what we've done, we've, in, we've given power to that which has no power. We've empowered it. And then we got to pray for an act of God or a miracle to get us out of the power that we empowered that had no power. It's a head trip. So he said, all authority is being given to me. Now watch the impartation. Go, therefore. Make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, 
teaching them to observe everything that I have commanded you, and I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. So he says, I want you to go and I want you to do what I did. I want you to teach them everything I taught you. What we're doing today here at the Digital Cathedral, I think, is we're just teaching what Jesus has taught us. And that is a moving into the ways not dependent on the acts anymore. And I think that's highly important. What we're talking about really is the normal working of the Father for all of his, all of his loved creation. I mean, the Father loves all of creation. He reconciled the entire cosmos to himself through Christ. So he's rescuing all of, all of creation from a false identity. The false identity said we need to be dependent on miracles because we don't, we don't deserve. There's no way we can do the acts of God. There's no way we can do what Jesus did, even though John said that we are to be as Jesus is in this present world. That image and that likeness of God has been ripped off from us. We've, we've settled for a whole lot less than what we actually are. But in 2024, we're raising our, our level of consciousness. We're, we're, we're raising that level of perception. I think if you were in quantum physics, you would say that our vibration, our frequency is raising. And so what we once viewed as miracles, acts of God, now we're seeing that they're available to us and we can live in the ways of God. So how is this shift taking place? I'm probably going to hit this really hard this year. How is this shift taking place? You're going to see the shift in synchronization with us moving from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil to the tree of life. That's, that's exactly where the shift is going to take place. Every problem that man faces today comes from eating at the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. It started with Adam. The thing that Adam put on the, on the human race was eating from the wrong tree, tree of self-determination, tree of determining for ourselves what is good, what is evil, what is right, what is wrong. Jesus never ate from that tree. Jesus made the, did not make those determinations. Jesus ate from the tree of life, which is simply a tree of responding to the Father. Now, here's what that looks like. Now, as, as, as we learn to do this as well, as we function in this, I'm telling you something, the effects of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil are going are gonna to leave. They're going to evaporate. They're going to depart. We're going to become that city that is set on a hill. That light that is set on top of the, of the basket so that everybody can see it. What the world is looking for is the manifestation of the sons of God. The world is not looking for uh, theology. They're not looking for a belief system. They're looking for something that actually works. And the kingdom is workable and the kingdom works by the ways of God. And the ways of God begin to flourish in our life as we move from the wrong tree back to the right tree. Now here is how it looks in the life of Jesus. John chapter 5. John chapter 5. John chapter 5. Here we go. John chapter 5. And uh, I want to read verses 19 to 21. Here's how, here's how living from the tree of life looks. And don't be surprised this year if the spirit of truth begins to unveil this to you and you start to function in what we're going to read right here 
uh, in John 5, and I'll read, read another passage because it's how Jesus lived. So if we're going to be as Jesus is, we're going to have to function the same way, and that is leaving the acts and getting into the ways. Here's what, here's what Jesus did that fed him from the tree of life and moved him into the ways of God. John chapter 5, and what did I say? Verse 19. All right. Jesus answered and said, Most assuredly I say to you, the son can do nothing of himself. Right, let me stop right there. The son can do nothing of himself. That needs to be the declaration we make over ourself. That's doing something of ourself is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. It's the tree that we decide what is good, what is what is bad, what is right, what is wrong. It's it's that self-determination. It's that what religion calls free will, expression of free will. And actually, I don't believe there's anything uh, there is no such thing as free will. There is the ability to make choices. But if you actually had a free will, you would not be influenced by anything. You'd have to make a choice without any influence, and that's not happening. That's not going to take place. Every, every decision you make comes from an influence. Television advertising, your family, your friends, uh, a book you read, television program, uh, commercial, whatever. You're influenced to make, you're influenced, but you don't make, you don't go to the store and buy something if you've never heard of it, more than likely. It's because you saw an advertisement, so you make a decision, you make a choice. It's an influence choice. So Jesus said, I don't do anything in myself. All right, that's wrong tree. Now he's going to show us how to move to the right tree. He said, but what he sees the Father do. For whatever the Father does, the Son does in like manner. I've told you that the tree of life is the tree of response. So Jesus is saying, right here is how you eat from the tree. You respond. What you see the Father do, that's what you want to do. The Father loves the Son and shows him all things. The Father loves you this morning. And in 2024, he's going to show you more things than you've ever seen before. Because he's bringing you out of giving you a fish every time you get in a pinch, bawling and squalling, begging God to come do something. He's going to say, wait a minute, I want you to walk in my way. I showed Moses my ways. I showed Jesus my ways. I'm showing you my way in 2024. And, and you're not going to be dependent on the axe anymore. This is a great growing time, y'all. The Father loves the Son, shows him all things that he himself does. And he will show him greater works than these that you may marvel. So Jesus is functioning in the ways of God. He said, y'all going to marvel at this because you're going to think it's miracles. But it's not really miracles. It's me. It's me learning the ways of God and functioning in what I, what I see the Father do. All right, one, one more from John chapter 12. John chapter 12. So are, 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 do you get that? 2024 is going to be a time when you pull back, and it's, it's going to require some time, maybe that you kind of settle down and, and just get quiet. It's going, to re, it's going to take some time for you to, to move into that groove of doing what you see the Father do and leave what you've been doing in your own strength and your own power. John chapter 12. John chapter 12. Here's Jesus eating again from the, the tree of life. Remember, he, we just read, he said, I don't do anything, but what I see the Father do, and the Father shows the Son all things. That's a confidence there, my friend. I hope you have that same confidence that the spirit of truth that abides in you that Jesus promised would lead us into all truth will also reveal and show you all things.
all things. Whatever you need, let the spirit of truth show it. Don't act till you see it. Now he says this in John chapter 12, verse 49. He said, I've not spoken on my own authority, but the father who sent me, he gave me a command. He gave me a command. Tree of life, response. He gave me a uh, He gave me a command. So what, when the father gives you a command, what do you do? Do you go to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and say, well, I don't know if that's logical. I don't know if that'll work out. Uh, I, I, I need to think about this. Maybe I need to go get some counsel. Maybe I need to ask a prophet what, what I should do. No, 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 no. Jesus said he gave me a command, what I should say and what I should speak. And I know that his command is everlasting life. Therefore, whatever I speak, just as the Father has told me, that I speak. So there's two things that Jesus said here. He said, my actions coincide with what the Father has revealed to me, and the words that I speak come as the Father gives me a command. Do you see the, re do you see the response there? Do you see that Jesus only lived out of the response to what the Father either demonstrated or what the Father said? See, not only acts, but he speaks solely by what the Father reveals. He does nothing of himself. Can we, can we zero that out in 2024? Can we just put ourselves in a neutral gear on things? See, the, the reason we have trouble hearing the Father sometimes is because we've already determined what he ought to say to us. We look at a situation, we look at a situation, and we're used to uh, using logic, we're used to figuring it out, and then we act according to what we have figured out the best plan to be. And when we get into a mess, then we say, God, I need you to act. I need you to come. And I, I need you as a greater power to come defeat this lesser power that I've empowered that had no power. All kinds of circumstances. You buy a car. God never, God never said buy a car. You buy a car and then you can't make the payments. You ate from the wrong tree, my friend. So then we say, God, come bless me financially. Father, I, why, would, why would I have this car and then you don't, you don't help me to pay for it? Because you're eating at the wrong tree. 2024, we will, as Jesus did, we're going to learn to do uh, the ways of the Father in a heavier, stronger way than we ever have before. Right? In, in reality, it's just the Father revealing his heart to us. It's the Father revealing his motivation and his plan. It, it's, it's coming into that John 14, 20. Remember John 14, 20? Jesus said, in that day you'll know that I'm in the Father, that you're in me, I'm in you. That, when you have that kind of union, I tell you what, it's easy to hear what he says, and it's easy uh, uh, to follow his actions. Because you're in union with him. There's oneness. There's no separation. That makes it, makes it extremely, extremely easy. All right, last Sunday morning, I don't know if, if you were with me last Sunday morning. If you weren't, you need to go back and listen to the, to the uh, teaching. But we looked at Abraham uh, from the Old Testament. I think we looked at what Genesis 12, Genesis 16, Genesis 21. And we progressed through the call of Abraham and we looked uh, how Abraham responded when God spoke. And we found that Abraham wasn't perfect in what he did. He took Lot with him when he left, caused him a problem. Uh, he left the promise, the land God gave him, went down into Egypt, got himself in a problem with Pharaoh. 
thought God wasn't acting fast enough to bless him with a son, so he produced Ishmael with, with his wife's handmaiden. Uh, so we looked at, at Moses trying to get himself into the, into the ways of God, but he wasn't listening. He wasn't responding. Now this morning, just real quick, because I, I want to give you some marks of a renewed mind before I'm done this morning to show the progress you're making into the ways of God from the acts of God. But I just want to, real quick, I want to look, I want you to see this from a New Testament perspective, how Abraham lived and how he worked. It's entirely different than the Old Testament. In the, in the New Testament, and we're going to look at Romans 4 where Paul writes, and he, he makes it much more explicit that Abraham conformed himself to the ways of God. The Old Covenant in Genesis 12, 16, 21, the, the verses we talked about last week, much more emphasis was on the sovereign acts of God. God called him. That was an act of God. God gave him the land to live in. That was an act of God. God delivered him out of Egypt. And finally, God gave him Isaac. They were all acts of God. And there were a lot of times that Moses took those acts of God, misinterpreted them, took them to the wrong tree, got himself all balled up. Now, Paul, I love the way Paul looks at this because he looks at it entirely different. So let's come over to Romans chapter 4. and Let's keep in mind what we're looking for are clues uh, and insights into 2024 as to how we can begin to adapt ourselves into the ways of God as he reveals them to us. Uh, Romans chapter 4 verse 17 says this, As it is written, this is God speaking, I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him whom Abraham believed, God, who gives life to the dead and calls things which be not as though they, they did exist, who contrary to hope believed so that he became the father of many nations according to what was spoken, so shall your descendants be. Verse 19, and not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about 100 years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb who was 90. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. Verse 21, and being fully convinced that what God had promised, he was able also to to perform. Now I want to I want to look at this real quick. I hope you can follow me because I'm not I'm not I'm not gonna uh, let any grass grow under my feet right here. I, I want you to look at the ways of God on this. Major key in this is verse seven, verse seventeen, where it says that Abraham got this by being in the presence of God. That's a key to most everything in life, being in the presence of God. And when he was in the presence of God, he learned there's only one power. Now, there were several things that tried to raise uh, against Abraham to make him think there was more than one power. So let me give you, just listen, listen closely. These things tried to raise up against Abraham. First of all, first of all, it was his body. He's 100 years old. Guy has no kids, right? Are you, are you with me? Has a, now, the body really wants to make you think it's in charge. Your body wants you to believe it is the power and it is authority. Abraham did not consider his body nor the deadness of Sarah's womb. So he did not empower that which has no power. That's the point Paul was making, which put him in the way of God. Second thing was the deadness of Sarah's womb. I mentioned that. He didn't say, well, I think I can handle this, but I'm not sure she can. So that that tried to, to talk him out of the promise. Third of all, uh, was his awareness, his consciousness. He had to stay focused on the promise. 
And the fourth thing that tried to really wear on Abraham, and he gave into it, we read last week, was the time element. He got the promise when he was 75, which was old enough to begin with, and now 25 years later, he's 100, and that, that definite, that time span there definitely raised itself against Abraham. So I like where, how Paul takes this because he says, these forces tried to raise up, but Abraham held to the promise. He held to the promise. He learned the ways of God. He had to renew his mind to the ways of God so that he was convinced, verse 21 says, he was convinced that God was convinced that Abraham would become the father of many nations. Now, there, there may be times that you don't trust you. But as you walk in the ways of God, you're going to develop this confidence that your trust is in the one that trusts you to fulfill. Now, God's way is this. What, did Abraham have any children? No, he didn't have any children. When God calls you something, that is what you are, even if there's no outward visible fruit. He called Abraham the father, Abram the father of, of many nations. He called Paul the apostle to the Gentiles. He called Jesus beloved son before he ever did a miracle, before there was ever any fruit. He said, that's my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. He called him the savior of the world before he went to the cross. So he, God, that's the way of God. God, what God has said about you, what God has called you, what God has impressed on you, that's what you are. As we manifest it visibly, we're just displaying what has been going on internally, invisibly, the entire time. And so we're going through this process of renewing our minds, and our minds need to be renewed, I think, a whole lot more than what we realize because we still have some vestiges of seeing ourselves based on how others see us. Our identity is paramount. And the way we want to see ourselves, the identity we have is the way that the Father sees us. So when you renew your mind, you change from seeing what is visible, what is natural, what presents itself as an opposing power, and you begin to see everything the way God sees it. We just, we just read that's exactly what Jesus did. He didn't see anything that was going on. He said, I only respond to what I see the Father do. I only say the commandment that the Father gave me. Do you, do, you, do you see that? So when things rose up in Jesus' life that tried to present themselves as powers, people that opposed him, the disciples didn't understand. Uh, I mean, there are just a myriad of things that Jesus faced and later Paul faced that tried to present themselves as powers, but they had to transform their mind. They had to renew their mind to see things the way that the Father saw it. So, that's, that's not becoming the new man. You're already the new man. What renewing the mind does, it puts on the new man. It, 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 it brings to light everything that already was but wasn't exposed, wasn't brought visible yet. See, a caterpillar does not become a butterfly. A caterpillar is a butterfly in a different state of visibility. So when you see that 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 caterpillar crawl into the cocoon, it's a butterfly. It just has not yet demonstrated outwardly what that caterpillar is inwardly. Does that make sense? 
Renewing your mind moves you from being the caterpillar to the butterfly. You always, Christ has always been in you. The potential has always been within you, but now we're learning how to demonstrate it. You become outwardly, here's what I'm trying to say, you become outwardly what you have always been inwardly, but it was not developed because we had not learned to walk in the ways of God yet. So how does a renewed mind look? Paul had to renew his mind. He had to stop seeing things the way he had seen them uh, up to that point in his whole life. Abraham had to renew his mind. He had to see through God's eyes. So how does a renewed mind look? I want to give you some ways. These are some things that have worked in my life. I hope they're valuable for you. Here's some signposts I've noticed along my life's journey that I think is I've renewed my mind. And I'm telling you, my mind still needs to be renewed. I'm not, I haven't arrived, but I've seen it working. And I want to share some things with you that um, has enabled me on some level to begin to see with the Father's eyes and not be moved by what's visible, but begin to see by spirit. To begin to emulate what Jesus did and say, I'm only going to do what I see the Father do, and I'm only going to say what I hear the Father say. So I'm going to give you five, five things that I jotted down this week that I've noticed in my life that's taking place. And this is fresh bread. This is current, man. It's fresh out of the oven. So I, I hope you begin to see these also in your life. Now, there'll be some variables. There'll be some adjustments because you're not me and I'm not you. But here's, here's some things that I've noticed. And I'm going to start all these with an I am because it's a declaration. It's, a, it's part of renewing your mind. You remember what Paul said in Romans chapter 12, verse 1? He said, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you don't be conformed to this world, eating at the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, but that you be transformed, caterpillar to butterfly, by the renewing of your mind. So we're, we're in this process now. Maybe you're not out of the, out of the uh, cocoon yet, but you're seeing the transformation takes place. You're inside that cocoon and you, you were a caterpillar, but you're starting to see those wings pop out and you're ready to start moving yourself out of that caterpillar and you want to start beginning to fly, which for us is, you know, following what the Father says and doing what you see the Father do. So here's, here's five things that I've noticed that have progressively taken place in my life. And I'm going to start all of them with an I am. And I think these express entrance way into the ways of God. I'll give you a scripture with each of these, although you could probably find a lot of scriptures for each of them, but the scriptures that have meant something to me. First of all is this, I am released from material concerns. I am released from material concerns. The way of God says this, Jesus taught us on a sermon on a mount. He, he said, look, you guys, don't be concerned about what you're going to eat, what you're going to wear, where you're going to live, because the Father already knows that you have need of these things. If you have a need and the Father knows it, then it's a matter of me beginning to tap in to the supply that he has for me. See, I didn't understand supply for a lot of years of my life. I thought supply was the check that the church deposited in my account every week. I thought supply was uh, maybe a love offering that someone gave. No, no, no. That's the fruit of supply. 
The supply is the inexhaustible supply that you're hooked in called your father. He has an inexhaustible supply and he's deposited it within the kingdom and put the kingdom within you. I can, I can, I can pinpoint the day. I should have written the, the date down. When I, when I released all of the concerns about material possessions or earning money or having enough to survive on, I was facing some tough financial challenges at that particular time. And it was, I was in my office at church and I walked to the thermostat to turn the air down a little bit. It was in the middle of summer. When I got to the thermostat, I heard clear as a bell within me say, son, don't, I don't want you to ever worry about finances. I'll take care of you. And from that day forward, I began to walk in the ways of God. And, and uh, the reason we don't give generously, see, grace people, finished work people should be the most generous givers on the planet. But some of us are still reacting to being abused and manipulated back in the church, so we don't give to anybody. The reason many of us don't give is because we have a fear that there won't be enough for us. See, that's that's what I'm talking about when I'm when I'm talking about being released from material concerns. The Father knows you have need, and that you and I need to renew our minds to the fact that we are connected to an inexhaustible supply. All right, number two. I am released from fear of every type, of every type. First John says that there is no fear in perfect love. I don't, I didn't, I learned not that it was the way of the Father not to come against fear, not to fight that spirit, you know, we wrestle with all that stuff. But as you develop in his perfect love, as you, as you begin to experience it, you open yourself up to his perfect love, automatically that light shines on and the darkness of any fear begins to leave. Do you know why we're afraid? Because we're, we're, we're afraid of what's going to happen to us. We, people have a fear of flying. Do you know why? Because they're afraid of what's going to happen to me. People are afraid of the dark. Kids are afraid of the dark because they don't know what's there. They're afraid of what's going to happen to them. Fear has its root in selfishness. And, the, and, and as perfect love begins to flood your life, this is key. As perfect love floods your life, you're going to take you off your hands. And you're going to put yourself on his hands, perfect love's hands. And as you do that, you experience a diminished fear until fear itself totally evaporates. All right, third thing that you're going to notice as your mind renews and he begins to walk you into his ways and that you're released from all doubts. All doubts. You're fully persuaded that this is the way. Walk in it. James said, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask a God that gives liberally to all men. He will persuade you. You're not lacking confidence in the one that started the work within you that he will fall short of finishing it. You'll know with a certainty that it is God who works in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. He started to work, you'll finish the work. And you become fully persuaded in that, and that gives you tremendous confidence. Let me say it again. You may doubt you. You may doubt you. But there is one in whom you can trust, and the one in whom you can trust trusts you. 
So when you, when you get rid of doubts, what you're really doing is trusting his trust for you. That is strong, y'all. Trusting his trust for you. All right, number four. As, you, as, as your mind is renewed, he's walking you into the ways. You got to get free from this. I am released from anxiety, stress, and tension. I live stress-free. I live anxiety-free. I, I, I live tension-free. Isaiah chapter, what is it, 26, Longbot verse 3, says, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you because you trust in him. As you, as, as you, as you become uh, fully persuaded, no doubts, your trust is totally in him, you're going to find that there's a peace that comes. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, mature peace, perfect peace whose mind is stayed, whose mind is focused, whose mind sees him, who doesn't vacillate, doesn't look at what's going on around us, but fully puts a confidence in him. Your mind is in a fixed position. That's what I'm trying to say. It's in a fixed position on him. You got one focus, you have one awareness, and it's the Father. All right, number five. This is huge. Because once, once you hit number five, Nobody can, you're hard to deal with. There's no powers of darkness in anybody. Really, nothing can deal with you or manipulate you, right? Number five, you're released from death and the fear of death. Now, I want to I wanna read this from Timothy. I want to read this in Timothy because this, this, uh, this is very potent, but I, I want you to learn the way of God in this. All right, 2 Timothy chapter 1, and I'm going to read verse 9 and 10. I read this in the context of other things, but I want to read it in the context of being released from fear of death. Being actually being released from death itself. Death has no power over you. You're, you're never going to die. How do I know that? Listen to this. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 9. He has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ before time began. Now, here's part of what he deposited in us before time began. But has now been revealed by the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who has abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Did you read? Did you hear what I read? He has abolished death. There is no more death. And he has brought life. He has brought zoe and immortality. See, immortality is different than dying and living again. Jesus, Jesus said something astounding one time. He said, whosoever uh, believes in me may die, but he'll live again. Then he says, whosoever lives and believes in me shall never die. So this is, this is a way of God. And it's an, it's an act of God. If you die, you're going to live again. God's going to act and make sure. But the way of God is that we live and believe in him and never experience that death. Once that fear alleviates, once you're out of the fear of death, this is, this is the way of God. This is what God's trying to do. Because you're gonna, it makes you bold, makes you strong. Makes you able to stand against every wind that would blow against you. So 
Is, is the fact that your earth suit wearing out, is that the end of life? Absolutely not. You are a spirit being. Spirit has no beginning, has no end. So there are people all over the planet today that are being renewed to the truth that life is invisible and death has no power. See, death has no power. We've empowered death. We've, been, we've made ourselves afraid of death. That's got to come off of us. That's got to come off of us. And when that comes off, brother, I'm telling you, you're going to walk fearlessly. You'll look at disease. You'll look at poverty. you look those things in the eye because they will not have an effect on you. So here's the bottom line. As your awareness and your consciousness of your oneness with the Father, that there's no separation, that you're really truly in union with Him, as you see all things with His eyes, as you learn His ways, as He pulls you out of a dependency on His ex, and in 2024 you begin to walk in His ways, the transformation will continue and the Christ that is in you will be fully formed, fully released, and become fully visible. And all those things that we used to think were miracles are going to become everyday happenings and just the way that we function because that's the way Jesus functioned as well. Quieting the storm. The others were panicked and full of fear. Jesus just walked out and said, peace be still. Raising Lazarus from the dead. I mean, we go on and on. People looked at that. When he was in the boat, those guys go, what kind of guy is this that even the wind and the waves obey him? It was just the way of, the, it was the way of God that Jesus was walking in. They, looked, they saw a miracle. Jesus saw, this is the way I live. This is the way I live. And so 2024, we're going to enter in. We've come a long way, baby. We've come a long way. And the Father has developed us a lot. But there's a step in front of us, and it's learning to live in his ways. So as you renew your mind, you're released from material concerns, fear of all types, released from doubt, you're fully persuaded. You have no more anxiety, no more stress, no more tension in your life. Fear does not have a hold on you anymore. You understand that you're an eternal spirit. I'm telling you something. You're going to be strong as a lion. You're going to demonstrate in 2024 before the world, and they're going to be amazed. They're going to be amazed at what comes forth out of you that has always been in you, but now we're learning to release it. Thank you for being with me today. I think that's a good place to stop. That's a powerful lesson. Great way to start the new year. Um, as we go into this new year, I just want you to be open to what God says. I want you to say what he says. I want you to act on what you see him acting and we depart from the wrong tree. That's going to be the theme of the year. I think you're going to see it happening all over the planet. We're switching trees beating the path from the wrong one to the right one, and all the junk that the old trees brought in is going to leave. I'm telling you, the kingdom is manifesting through sons and daughters, and you're a part of it. See you next time at the Digital Cathedral. God bless. Thanks for lending us your ears. Just a quick reminder. Our Digital Cathedral on YouTube gives subscribers the privilege of a front row seat every week. It's a place where our collective excitement amplifies. If you're ready to give, go to donkeithley.com and click on Donate. Your continuous support propels our growth, and for that, we're immensely grateful. Don't forget to hit that follow button and spread the love by sharing this life-giving message with your friends. Have a week filled with blessings and divine encounters. Until next time, stay in grace.